Blog Talk Radio. Are you an author looking for promotional services or a reader looking for a great read at low prices? In this competitive world of books, Fighting Royalty Promotions is dedicated to bringing authors and readers together to build a greater respect for literature through our various promotional services and online bookstores. So head over to writingroyaltypromotions.com and check us out. You are now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest Hey, hey, what's going on? Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Let's Chat. Hey, see? Hey, Alicia, girl, how you doing this Thursday evening? Good, girl, good. Glad to be back in the chat room. Y'all know we took our winter break, and then Tony's birthday was last week. So, again, happy birthday, T. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lee. You <laughs> it was a great week. I had a great time. I know you did. Tony, Tony had that birthday going on, so I'm excited for her. You know, that's my right hand, y'all, and, and sometimes she's my left hand. So I appreciate Tony because she always, she always right there. For I all those who are just info. tuning in, absolutely. For all those who are just tuning in, I am Miss Leisha. And you know, I got my homegirl, the fabulous Miss Tony. We are here in the chat room. We got a fabulous, fabulous show for you today. We have th- we have one artist and two authors. So we have artist J.K. Mari, um, mm-hmm. author Mona, who's been in here before, and author Darlie's Bachelor. Remember, see, we met her at when we uh, were invited out to Tracy Boyd's event in Detroit, and in we the, went out to in Detroit, and we. Yeah, and remember we we talked to her when we did the the live video at the event. Mm. We did the mm. live mm. interview. Yes. Yes. And so we're excited. We have we have her, um, Mona and J.K. Mari. They're in here. 
So we're excited today on Let's Chat. Now, today was a controversial day. See, everybody is so used to Leisha being conservative. And you know, T, I do. I try to be conservative on my page because I know that I have a lot of different industries on my page. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I can't. I can't be ratchet and, you know, I can't go all the mm-hmm. way to the left. I might be able to switch to the right and turn to the side, but I can't go all the way <laughs> over. And so mm-hmm. today I posted um, a post that, you know, everybody was up in a bunch about child. So I said some men think all women are and should be inferior, so they go out mm-hmm. Looking for weak women. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of responses to you. Some of them were from the men. I'm just saying. I'm just saying <laughs> the men was they was going in and it wasn't and it wasn't what I would thought I thought it would be. Like the men mm-hmm. was like, look, it is some out there. They making it hard for the rest of us. So I just want to shout out some of these people and go over some of their posts. But you didn't get to give your opinion. So what do you think, T? I was so busy today, and I knew it was going to be a up-in-arms type of post, but um, the one post that I did get a chance to see was actually from a guy, and I think it was the one that you're referring to, and it was interesting to hear his take on it. But a lot of men sometimes feel that they don't want to be overshadowed or overpowered by a stronger woman, and not necessarily in strength but in mind sometimes and in goals as well. So sometimes when you have a woman that's focused, that knows what she wants and especially what she don't want, it could be a challenge for some men. And I think for others, it could just be an enhancement if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I agree so with I that. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I also think and that um, – like James, shout out to James Jackson. He uh, he's on Facebook. He chimed in on the post, and he said mm-hmm. a lot of men he sees are mostly users. You know, there's a select few. Um, mm-hmm. They're controlling, and the rest of us. This is his words. The rest of us guys, good guys, we get bad raps basically. So he said, mm-hmm. so yes, there are some, and I was like, what? And he ain't hold his mm-hmm. tongue because he went on, and he was <laughs> he did he went on and he went in. He said a lot of us <laughs> good men get turned down or friend zoned until those mm-hmm. type of women want us. So we lay back until we get to where we want to be. So ladies are left with those type of guys. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, he was talking that talk. But my question was, why do you think some men feel that way? Now, when I posed that question to the men, that's when I was like, what? They was like, look. So he said that um, I want to go down because, you know, we have, I always have so many different people on my page. And so we have um, actor, model, um Rico Demo, and he said mm-hmm. those are weak men. Mm-hmm. And he was just mm-hmm. like straight. He didn't add anything else to it. He said, you know, there are men that are weak that have to overpower and overshadow. So they will go out and they will find uh, a female that is a little weaker. 
you know, so that mm-hmm. it makes them seem larger. Mhm. Mm. That's that's a good point because sometimes that you don't want to be a man may not necessarily want to be overshadowed by the strength of a woman, and they try to 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 choose like you said, or to look for, or to prefer one not as strong as them. And this is unfortunate because a power duo, a power couple can make such waves and in the industry that they choose to, to, to go forth with, and especially a powerful black couple. And I'm not just going to label it, but it's true because I've seen some powerful black couples that just exude strength. And I think it's mis- it's unfortunate that some men, and we're not going to lump everyone in the same category, don't necessarily thrive on something like that. That's true, but I want to take it a little bit deeper because if you're just tuning in, um, as I spoke on our last show, I've been doing the launch team for uh, Pastor um, Torrey Roberts. He has another book called Wholeness that's getting ready to come out. And Mm -hmm. so I'm part of the launch team, which is exciting because I've been trying to think of ways to get his wife on the team, not on the team, on the show. And I was like, oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. And then all of a sudden this kind of just appeared out the blue. I was like, wow, it was just an opportunity that um, was placed in front of me. And I was like, this is like a great opportunity. So it's really, really cool to be able to interact with him and the other people that are in the group. And it's really great. So mm-hmm. in the book where he talks about wholeness, so he has this uh, five steps, five steps, I think it's five steps to finding your soulmate, right? And so he says, you know, you have to have um, chemistry. Well, the thing with chemistry is you can have chemistry with anybody. You can walk. That's Mm -hmm. why everybody, that's why side chicks and side dudes have positions because you can have chemistry about 65 different people. Honestly, you can have Mm -hmm. chemistry with so many different people. Uh, You can be attracted to so many different people. But the problem is that we are not whole a lot of times when we decide to go into relationships, men and women. So if you're not whole, you're broken. You're attracted to someone else's brokenness. And when two broken people come together, once that healing occurs, whatever you have created is going to fall apart because it wasn't created Mm -hmm. In, in the right space You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so with Rico He mentioned Control issues And I'm like well everybody got control issues Women, men, everybody If you got kids you got control issues Because parents you know We, we put it down But mm-hmm. there's a lack of wholeness Amongst men and women Which mm-hmm. I think is where A lot of the controlling And the factor of some men needing to go and find weaker women because, one, they're not whole themselves. So they have to have that illusion mm-hmm. of this is what it is. Um, but a young lady made a comment, and um, mm-hmm. when we go on our next break, we're going to talk about it. That's going to be our trending um, trending chatter uh, throughout the show. We'll get back to the post, but... We got two hands up. Our topic today is pen chatter. We have some fabulous authors on. We got some fabulous guests on. You know, we off our soapbox for a minute. Uh, (laughs) But we got two hands up. 
we're going to take these two callers, and then we're going to mm-hmm. jump on in the show. We got okay. 818-533-8484. You're alive in the chat room. Sorry to give you a whole number. What's your name? Where are you calling from? What's going on, ladies? This is Dylan Cash calling this support, J.K. Mari. Um hey. I was just listening. <laughs> uh, you guys are doing a great job. Uh, I really like the topic, and um, you're doing a great job as far as also covering the topic and the post. I feel mm-hmm. as men, you know, some men, they're very conceited in a way, and mm-hmm. they're afraid to have a stronger woman. Mm-hmm. And that's because they, I believe those men are kind of weak. You know, I'm not going to, oh. I'm like, I really feel like they're weak. Like, who wouldn't want a strong woman? You know, like mm-hmm. Jay-Z or Beyonce, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. if you don't want a strong woman, then, you know, you might be weak. Or, you know, you might be egotistical, and I don't think oh. that's needed in this world. You know what I'm saying? Like, because women, I believe women should have a voice, and the industry is getting overpowered by men, and our mm-hmm. job as other men is to help the women put their voice out there, and that's why as a company and a label owner, you know, mm-hmm. that's our job. We're trying to get the female artists to put their voice out there because we really feel like women should really stand out there as well, just like the men. And they should get paid equally. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, Dylan, that's I have a, a good question point. for you. Do you think, because a lot of men say that women, that, that strong women, are a hassle and a headache. And that's why they kind of kind of steer clear of stronger women, more positioned women, more focused women, because um, they're kind of in a space that they're not in. Not that they're weak, but they just, growth-wise, they haven't got there yet. But do you feel that a yeah. lot of men may feel like some strong women are just really a hassle and a headache to deal with? Again, I do, you know, because there are some women with their heads in the cloud, just like there are some men with their heads in the cloud. You know, it goes both ways, I would mm-hmm. say. But if you're a woman, you know, if your woman is a hassle, as some might say, then basically that is your job to empower her and make her stronger and better. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the woman should do the same for the man. You know, again, the woman and the man in a relationship, in a relationship, they should sculpt each other to be better than what they were. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's Before very important. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And um, some women might be a hassle, and this is no disrespect, but it's not their fault, I would say. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's the way that they're just brought up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some women have been, you know, we're not trying to go deep into the subject, but let's be honest, some women have been abused. Some mm-hmm. women have been played, you know. And so some of these women's hearts and their trust have been broken. 
Mm-hmm. And so they don't want to get hurt again. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So now, Dylan, this is this is Tony. I have a question. This is Tony, and thank you so much for Tony. coming in on this topic. But you brought up something at the top of your call that was very interesting, and then you, and you used the word egotistical, which which is really interesting that you use that word because ego plays a part on both sides. Now, why do you feel that men are egotistical? When when you uh, describe your your opinion of this, because they want to be the boss, they want to control mm-hmm. the women, they want to tell mm-hmm. the women to jump, and they just say when or where, or how high, <laughs> or how high, or, or could yeah. it be that they don't know how to? I think that a lot of times it's not what you say, and not really what you do. A lot of times it's how it's received how people receive what it is that you're saying and what it is you're doing. And that that reception is based on what they have on the inside, how they're feeling on the inside. And when you pour mm-hmm. into those people and people pour into you, that keeps things kind of peaceful because you're pouring into each other. But if people are so used to pouring into everybody else and not getting that um, – replenishment that they need, it does put that guard up where they're like, hold on, you know, because they're like, wait a minute. And I think a lot of times that is some of the the issues that we, we have. And I'm, we're so glad that you, you, we want you to stay for the whole show because we're going to jump back into this. Um, because it's really interesting to get a man's point of view. You know, when a woman posts something like that, people automatically think you're man bashing. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm glad that you oh, were yeah. able to chime in with us today. Absolutely. Exactly. And and that's really, again, that's weak men. You know, that feeling mm-hmm. they're being bashed. I mean, they're really right. weak to even think of that. Like, it, you know, some people, they're really... They take posts too far and opinions too far. And you know what? As women or men, we all have our right to put our two cents or even our opinions. And, that, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't believe it, you don't believe it. But don't, That's true. you know, bless somebody just because they have another belief. I mean, right. let's be honest. Let's not, let, we're not, we're kind of going to go far. But, I mean, realistically, you know, even religiously, like, there's one, you know, there's one God, okay, but everybody believes in one thing. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But right. It's right. still one God. It's still one God. I mean, whatever you believe in, that's your right. But it yeah. doesn't, you know, it's still one person that has the higher power that we all believe in and we pray. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So mm-hmm. a lot of these people, they're just like not educated enough. Or Absolutely, self-educated, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go a little bit more deeper with you, ladies, if you don't mind. Um, I was, well, well, let's let's you know, get, well, we gonna we gonna get JK on because we want to hear his side. We gonna okay, this cool. We gonna talk about this all the way too, all the way through. But it was just an interesting topic, and I'm glad that we got a man's point of view. So we want you to hang through to the end because we're going to be talking about this periodically. Our topic of the show today is Ten Chatter because, you know, this is a literary show, and artists are writers as well as authors, so we love to just celebrate literature the royal way um, and the arts. 
And so we have this fabulous guest. We're going to put you back in the queue. We want you to hold, please. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, we have the fabulous. Okay, so J.K. Mari, y'all, he is 21. He is a singer and a songwriter. I'm going to say you better come through. Uh, He was raised in Washington, uh, D.C., very musical and artistic family. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to have him on just talk that talk with us, talk about his music, his projects, um, and his passion for why he does what he does. Okay. Everybody hear me? Hey, Hello? how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How's everybody doing this evening? We are good. Thank you so much for sharing some of your precious time with us here tonight on Let's Chat. No problem, no problem. I uh, I uh, came online uh, as soon as Dylan came on, and he was saying some powerful stuff, um, especially mm-hmm. about relationships. Because in 2018, mm-hmm. the culture and the atmosphere of how relationships work and operate is so different than how it used to be. You know, for example, mm-hmm. you have open relationships, polygamous relationships, um, you know, situationships now. Uh, right. That make that, that You're make things. Uh, You're talking that talk, honey. Yeah. Um. <laughs> ever since I ever since I was younger, I've always been kind of like a ladies' man. So, like when I was five years old, I would um, ask my mom for her jewelry that she didn't wear that often and take it to school and you know try to sweet talk and all that stuff. So, yeah, I pay I pay attention <laughs> and being raised by a single mother, it makes me pay a little bit more attention to how a woman communicates and, you know, the more sensitive stuff that not a lot of a lot of guys are raised on nowadays. So mm-hmm. I definitely understand, you know, and now, for me, mm-hmm. yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying for me, one of my things that I'm most interested in when I meet a woman is, you know, learning her history, learning about her. You know, because I make it known that I want, if we're serious and it's, and we want to do this long term, I want to know you better than any other man knows you. So, and you know, um, and I'm as patient to wait for you as I am determined to have you. And I think that's, and I think that's, I think that's really important. And a lot of people aren't patient. It's just a more momentary satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's pretty powerful. Now, you, absolutely. Now, do you think that some um, relationships nowadays, because you said relation um, situationships, do you think that a lot yeah. of times in relationships it becomes more of a frivolous thing? Like you'll have – now, this is the thing. A man will call a woman a gold digger. Really, she just wants security because that's what a yep. woman – no need. But my yep. thing is, I think as women, that we have to start being our own security. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times in the things that we do, we set that other person up for failure because we put so much on them. You're giving them your trust, yeah. you're giving them your body, you're giving them this, and you don't even know if he's able to handle that type of responsibility just yet. Uh-huh. And I'm going to go back to wholeness because if he's not whole, He's not going to be able not only to handle his own emotional state, but yours too. He's not going to be able to do that. 
So do you think yeah. a lot of relationships are becoming just situations where it's just you're settling it? Everybody just, you know, either you settle for somebody cool and y'all just going through the motions or you settle for a headache, but, you know, it's like, shoot, what else do I have? Do you think a lot of relationships nowadays are like that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the standards of relationships, like a lot of people don't have standards. And going back to situationships and being whole, now it's more you're looking for people that have what you don't have. Like I see a lot of females that ride public transportation, but they won't talk to nobody that don't drive. You get what I'm saying? Like the way I was raised um, to be a man by my father and other manly figures is anytime you engage in a relationship with a woman that, you know, seems mature and got vibes, you want to have something to bring to the table. Because if you can't mm-hmm. take care of you, you can't take care of nobody else. That's like, true. How are you going to want to be a man of a household when you can't even make sure you straight, make sure you got clothes and you got food and, you know, you working full time and you have some type of stability. And I see a lot of females now, uh, yeah, a lot of people call them gold diggers and opportunists and any other, you know, uh, proper or slanderous words um, mm-hmm. to describe them. Because they're just looking for stability, but yes. but a lot of females. Some I'm not going to say a lot, because I can't say you know a vast majority because I don't know every female. But some uh, females that I have encountered are just looking for stability and bringing nothing to the table because that's what they expect. You know, mm-hmm. they may have grew up in a, a household where it's okay. I'm not saying that it's not okay, but they've seen nothing but a stay-at-home mom. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's that's all they see. So they grow up, and that's what they expect. I watched a video on YouTube the other day, and there was a lady that was uh, a professional. Um, what's it called? Um, she basically had a a sugar daddy. She was a sugar baby. So oh, uh, they wait, interviewed wait, her. Wait, wait, wait! What's a sugar baby? So a sugar baby is basically. When you perform, well, basically you have somebody that's older than you, that's interested in you, a male or female, and they basically pay you to do whatever they want you to do. So if they want you to dress a certain way, look a certain way, act a certain way, and do things, then that's what you do for that amount of money. And it was interesting that they did the interview, and then at the end they interviewed her daughter. And she said, yeah, you know, my mom is a professional and she has a happy life. She's taking care of me. I have everything that I need and want in life. So when I grow up, I definitely want to be a sugar baby, too, whenever I'm older. Enough. And I'm like, wow. 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 Yeah. Mm. So that's definitely you, what you To, to be so young. You you got your head on right to be so young. And, a lot, and, and I, I mean that because a lot of times, 21, they so busy just just playing in life that, you know, they they mind ain't right. You know, they don't mm-hmm. they're they're not focused on what they need to be focused on. A lot of times their focus is off at twenty one, but your focus is right on point. We wanna jump in here and talk about your music because you are very musically talented. And yes. you were noticed by an independent mid uh major American Monster Guild of Las Vegas. Tell us how your um Musical just um, talent 
matured into a career for you? For me, um, it was more of, you know, I was going through a lot of things relationship-wise, life-wise, work-wise. And, you know, it was like I was getting up, going to work, coming home, and it was just like that stress was piling up on top of each other. And I remember when I was younger, you know, spending those hours playing my guitar, listening to music, dancing in the living room and stuff like that. And I'm like, dang, that's the only time that I actually felt like, you know, peace and, you know, I could relax and get my mind off stuff. So I'm like, why don't I start doing music again? And um, linking with my brothers and my and my team and my support team that I have now, meeting them individually inspired me to, you know, um, pursue music full-time because I started seeing how when I played a song for somebody or I explained the song to them, they can actually mm-hmm. feel and and hear my situation and apply it to their own situation. Like they, they'd be like, dang, I definitely did go through that. I definitely know someone like that. I've definitely mm-hmm. been in a situation like that. I felt like that. And it started to, you know, evolve. And I, and I felt like through every song, every lyric, every performance, I could touch more people. So that's what drives me every day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so how did you get um, connected with your label? Um, it, it was through a, a similar uh, acquaintance. Her name was uh, Jamie. She heard my music, and it immediately clicked that the, the people that would be the best for me and be able to take me where I need to go and put me in the position I needed to be in was American Monster Girl. So ever since I was introduced, we had a few short conversations, and we got the business because I was hungry. And, and they saw that hunger and wanted to point me in the right direction. So um, from that, wow. I just completed my first album, entitled Focus. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Tidal, um, Spinrilla, wherever you can find music is there. So. Wow, this Jakey, this is Tony, and thanks again for joining us now. You talk about your music and, and what it means to you. Now, a lot of people listen to music and relate mm-hmm. to it differently. What has been your strongest targeted audience that has been receptive to your music? I think anybody between the ages of like 16 to maybe 45-ish wow. can, relate, can relate to what it's, to what it's like in different stages of love, in different stages of situations. They understand how can it be applied? For example, I have a song called Lifeline, which is basically about how you have a person in your life that's only in your life because they want one thing. Mm-hmm. You end up falling for them and, and making yourself vulnerable. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you get to the point right. where you want to choose between this person or somebody who has your best interests is there no matter if you have money, no matter if you have a job, no matter if mm-hmm. you... You know, you ball in and you got the best clothes on. Mm-hmm. So everybody has now, I wanna, somebody. I, I, I want to expound on that because you brought up a really great point because they relate to it at different stages. And by you being so young, you may not have necessarily felt each stage, but the response from your focused audience has it strengthened you and, and how you see and how you feel your music. Relate to that. Yeah. Do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? 
Um, yes. Um, I've met a lot of people. I've been traveling recently. I've traveled to Puerto Rico. I've traveled to a lot of different states, the West Coast, mm-hmm. East Coast, down South. And every time I meet people, it's interesting how much you can learn about yourself by listening to someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people, they give good advice, but don't necessarily always do the things that they give advice about. So I'll be sitting <laughs> there <laughs> thinking, about, thinking about something or listening to somebody that's in the same situation I was in last week, and I'm sitting there Mm -hmm. telling them all the things I should have did last week Mm -hmm. that they need to do now. So it's like Mm -hmm. I listen to people and I listen to their scenarios and what they've been through, and I'm like, dang, I've been in something similar. Um, And I I, I learned this kind of technique to be able to not write beyond my years or experiences, but be able to take Mm -hmm. an experience and expound on it when I was uh, Mm – I was in an acting class in community college, and um, mm-hmm. my acting teacher, he wanted me to do a monologue, but it was for somebody that I couldn't re- uh, relate to. I was uh, a female or s- something, something that was out of my comfort zone. I was like, I can't do this. And he was like, you got to mm-hmm. think about it like this, you know, and, and movies when they play serial killers and stuff, those people have never killed anybody with the emotion and that 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 uh that relatability is there. Like for example, you may never kill the person, but you've killed the fly. Mm-hmm. Just imagine feeling sorry for that fly and put it into that scene. So what I do is I may not have no one has been like to beg somebody to take me back, but I know what it, it feels like to have cheated on somebody and feel regret. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I can take a situation and twist it to where as though you think I did something that I I I, I really didn't do, and but mm-hmm. be able to make it relatable in your situation. Mm-hmm. I think that's where communication comes in as well. You have to be able to communicate on all different levels and and, yeah. and true honest communication. You know, not just say what you think somebody wants to hear. Yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of people, when they talk, they don't listen to understanding. They just listen to talk. They listen for the next opportunity to say something, not really exactly. digesting and processing what you're saying. Exactly. And that's really how you how you learn and grow by just listening, learning, exactly. evolving. You can. That's so true. I totally agree, a hundred percent. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, we're going to get into some of this music because you, we, you get to sit here and you're talking with us, and um, I'm loving the vibe that we get from you, um, just the things to be so young and knowledgeable mm-hmm. and focused. I think in the society we live in today, everybody is so focused on the wrong things. They're so focused yeah. on frivolous things and things that will – not really get them far. Um, and I think that when your focus is off, it takes you in so many different directions, you're a little loopy. Yeah. And I appreciate yours and Dylan's point of view because it's nice to get a man's point of view on understanding um, what things are from from your point of view because as women and men, we, we think different. 
when we think different, we, we talk different, we feel different, but we both uh, experience the same things. We just deal with them differently. And so I so enjoyed that coming from you. And we're going to get back into it, but we're going to get you with some of this music because I'm very mm-hmm. interested because not only do you sing, you write and play? Yes. Yes, I do. I play the guitar. I've attempted to play any instrument that I put my hands on, but I'm all, always most comfortable with guitar, always. Mm-hmm. Now, tell us a little bit about how you got into playing uh, the guitar, because it's a, it's a very great story. Okay, so um, I, I grew up in kind of a not bad neighborhood, but it was like, you know, a, a pretty tough neighborhood. So, um then my mom, she worked a lot, and she couldn't always get us the best presents, but what she definitely could get us was something that meant something. So one mm-hmm. Christmas, she got me a guitar from Walmart or something, some, somewhere that you could just get a guitar. So I got it. My grandfather helped tune it up for me, and he was like, mm-hmm. now look, I'm going to show you the way, and then you take it from there. So early the next morning, he woke me up, told me to get my guitar, started doing my Caterpillar exercises. So I started doing that. I had to do that every day for, like, weeks after Christmas until, like, the summertime. Mm-hmm. And then when the wow. summertime rolled around, I could start writing my own songs and, and things. And mm-hmm. I, one day, you know, I went to school, got a girl's number. I called her later, and she was listening to the radio near the phone back when you had to, if you wanted to listen to music, you had to put your, uh, your speaker to the phone so the other person could hear it. And there was a Chris mm-hmm. Brown song that was playing that went off. And she was like, oh, my God, I love that song. I said, I listen to that song every day. I know it word for word. And she was like, okay, sing it to me. And I started singing it to her over the phone. And she was like, oh, my God, you can sing, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, <laughs> this works. <laughs> so you said, like, okay, hey, wait a minute, I, you like that? <laughs> so what I, what I did was I... As I got a little bit older, I would get girls' numbers and stuff, and, like, the first conversation would be, what do you do for fun? Oh, I play the guitar. I write music. I sing. Oh, my God, you got to sing for me sometime. I said, uh, come to mention that I do have my guitar out and right here. And I, I would, like, put them on speakerphone and be, like, playing these playing these songs. I have one song and, like, tell three different girls, yeah, you know, I wrote this song thinking about you. <laughs> and, you know. It inspired this song and all this stuff. Just tell me what you think. And then it just went from there and on and off mm-hmm. for a couple of years. But 2017, I definitely got into it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to hit them with some of this music of yours. If you want to mm-hmm. um, introduce the song before we play oh. it. Do you guys have all the songs or is the song in particular? Uh, nope, we have one song. We have, hold on, um, Cradle, Forever. It's, it's Forever. Forever? Mm-hmm. This is the first song that I finished on my album. It was the most emotional song for me thus far because I was going through a situation. I go, hope mm-hmm. you guys uh, enjoy Forever by J.K. Martin featuring Skip Credo. Alright, alright, let's get into it. What you doing? Nothing. I just got home from work like a little while ago. So yeah. 
something about you So hard to describe I find myself sometimes getting lost in your eyes Keep blushing, I'll tell you that you mesmerize Been studying that body, got every inch memorized I hate to call you cute, cause you already know that I approach you differently, I ain't like most cats They say that this is make the heart grow fonder Sometimes love is scary. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes risks. Sometimes it takes you having to take that leap of faith. You know, give that person that chance. Sometimes it turns mm-hmm. out good. Sometimes it turns out bad. 
She had to do well. See, That's I'm going to have to check your, I might have to check your ID because those are words that don't usually come out of a 21-year-old's mouth, please. Mm-hmm. You hear what he's spewing over there, girl? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't think you're 21. We're going to have to send you, you're you send your ID in, so we're going to have to verify. We're going to have to trust to verify, you know. That's what we need to verification. Trust, so we verify. <laughs> we got to verify. Thank That's you. what you do. <laughs> But we're excited. We're excited for everything you have going. We're excited for the direction you are in. I'm glad that your feet are planted firmly and you are focused uh, on your goals, your vision. So excited for you and everything that you have coming. I want you to shout out all of your social media as well as your album and where everybody can purchase it. All right, my name is J.K. Mari. I can be found everywhere at J.K.M.A.R.I., Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, my album can be found on iTunes, Tidal, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon.com. Any streaming platform that you can think of is there. Um, go check me out. Tell me what you think. Leave a review as well. Thank you so much. JK for joining Lisa and I again and you know this is your home you're always welcome anytime you want to share some new material or just shout out to your to your many followers you just let us know and we'll make that happen yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity and I'll definitely be back definitely. Yeah, we definitely thank you. We appreciate you and we appreciate <laughs> Dylan for coming on if you want we want you to stick around and listen because you know we're going to be talking about the the topic that we got trending on Facebook and just enjoying um, and celebrating literature and art here the Royal Way on Let's Chat. We appreciate you, and you know, as this Tony said, you are always welcome in the chat room. Thank you. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Right. Yeah. I love that interview with you. Yeah, him. 21, girl, 21. I want my son, I'm going to need him to do some classes. Because when my son gets 21, I want his feet planted and his mind focused just like that at 21. That's what I want. I'm about to put that out in the That's air. That's a good point. Out in the air. That's a good point, <laughs> I would need him to give classes. I would need him to give classes because, you know, some of these kids, they need that. They they need, they going to need mm-hmm. that for something. <laughs> oh, yes. Especially today, I girl. Absolutely. Welcome, welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Leisha. You know, I got my right hand and sometimes my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. We are talking that talk today about pen chatter. We got our trending topic on Facebook going. Shout out to everybody on Facebook that is joining in. We just got one live one, one live one, though. So the, the, the trending topic on Facebook is some men think all women are and should be inferior. So they go out looking for weak women. And so that was the post earlier. And it, it was just spread like wildflowers. It's just spread like wildflowers. But I want to, Wendy, Wendy did, uh, I want to say, can you see Wendy C? There's so many people on here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Wendy Rogers Curtis. Yes. Shout out yes. to Wendy Rogers Curtis. Okay. What she said was so powerful, and I've heard it before, and I'm glad that she said it. She said, until a man knows who he is, he will destroy and tear down every woman he comes in contact with. 
That's interesting. That's powerful. Just drops the mic right there. Boom. Mhm. Mm. And then you saw Mike Sadler. He just he just chimed in and he said, "I can't do weak as women. No, no, no." <laughs> but Did you, you know, get his point? <laughs> yes. But you know, I was listening to Co- shout out to Coco Brown, comedian Coco Brown, friend to the show. She did an interview um, that I was listening to, and what she said was. Um, and it's a little off topic, but not off topic. But what she said was, um, a thought, a thought, appear appeals to a man's eyes, oh. but his woman appear appeals to his soul, and that ties into mm. what Wendy said. Because until that man knows who he is. What he wants and where he go, where he where he's going, he's not going to be able mm-hmm. to to tap in to to yourself. You see what I'm saying? He's not going to be able to give you that. One, he's not whole. There goes that hole in this thing. Make sure y'all go out there and pre-order Pastor uh, Torre's book. But until mm-hmm. that happens. It's like you're spinning your will in relationships. You're just going around in a circle, and you're not really going anywhere. I think that okay. a lot of times you have to ask people, what is the vision that you have for yourself? If somebody asks you what your vision is for yourself and you don't have one, that right there is a clear sign. It's something ain't right in the water. Red flag. <laughs> I'm just saying, ladies, I think a lot some mm-hmm. some stuff is our responsibility. But I think mm-hmm. that because we walk this world with m- multiple people, uh, it, it has to be an everybody thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. And and a lot of people approach it differently, but you have to approach it nonetheless. So I'm loving the responses that uh, we're getting to this question. And like Lisa said, it's going to be trending. Um, and we're going to see where it goes. And I don't know if you saw Keith. Kareem Williams answer, Lee. I was just looking at that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I was just looking at that. He just dropped the mic, walked in, walked out like boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And for yeah, those that may can. not be on it, please join Alicia's page, and it's on my page as well. Just just check it out. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of people chiming in, but Keith says, weak women become, an, become annoying real fast. Quality and strength is what you seek if you're a strong man. A man should value a woman to build with, not one who can dominate and control. Drop the mic. Thank you, Keith. You better talk that talk there. <laughs> I know that's right. He said, hold on. He said, I ain't even going to play with it when I get on here. I'm about to say what it is. So glad that he said it. I'm just all the men chiming in, and they not, they're not lukewarm. About it either They're not lukewarm about their thoughts And their ideas They like they, they mm-hmm. know what it is Like we, I see what it is I know what it is And I, and I may have done this That and the other And the third I remember watching um, Shark Tales with my son And you know they got Lola on there And so Lola is the She the, she the um, She's the Chick that only she's with you as long as you up like like mm. you know how people can be with you 
they can be with you and they can support you. They can have your back, but it's easy to have your back when you're already up. But when you down, mm-hmm. that's when it really shows who is really in your corner, who is really supporting right. you. Because when you're down as a friend, not just as a mate, but as a friend, when you are down, mm-hmm. your friends are there to help you get up as you recover from whatever knocked you over. They're here. Mm-hmm. They're there to help pull you up. But that one, that's Lola. Lola be the one that she's only there as long as you up. But as soon as you down, Lola gone because it's too much activity. She down. You see what I'm saying? And so I remember Mm -hmm. telling him, you know, ain't nothing wrong with a Lola. You just got to be able to afford a Lola and know that (laughs) when you down and your pockets is a little low, Lola going to be gone with Fred. And you can't Mm -hmm. get mad because you was warned about Lola. (laughs) 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 We going to bring in our next guest. Where did she go? Mona, where are you? We're going to bring Mona in as soon as she jumps back in and uh, talk that talk with author, author Mona Altdort. I always pronounce her last name, the last part of her pen name wrong. Um, but we're going to mm-hmm. talk that talk with her as soon as she uh, chimes back in. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a brief break, and we okay. will be back. Let's play a little bit of that Shout out to Keith Robinson. You know, we love us some Keith Robinson uh, mm-hmm. here on the chat room. We're going to play winning. Shout out to Blue Marley. Okay. Yacht dreams on a sunny day. Six rings like MJ.
genuine love and hate. It is, this is God word, boo. All you need is faith. All you gotta say is coach, put me in the game. I can see it in your eyes, you still a little surprised. Futuristic ballin' like we doing this here before our time. Got hook on them like my name Jabbar. Know you winning when you with a star. Yeah. yeah. She never ever been with a star. Ways and see different things. That's that was my first, right? You know, first 
start. And you know, Leisha and I, we're kind of book booby here in the chat room. And yeah, we said it, and uh, we're gonna stick to it. But <laughs> <laughs> but well, you know, that's a different cover. Uh huh. You know, that's a different cover from the other one. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, I just had to right. You had to cover. Because... You had to change it, right? Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. I did. And I actually, I like this one better. <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. it was, this one was done by a different graphic artist, uh-huh. and um, I feel like he captured the essence of what the book really is about. Like mm-hmm. this cover explains it better. You know? mm. um, and you know, and when you read thing, when you read the first story, introduction to it, <laughs> mm-hmm. right, right. <laughs> so when you read the story, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, because I was just going to say, being book bougie, not bougie, that's a special kind of reader right there. That's a bougie reader. And, uh, you know, we always talk about eye candy. And your cover, your title, your synopsis, even the way your name appears on that cover is all part of the eye candy. Um, that's what draws the readers in. And the the thing about a cover and the art. It has to right. breathe and believe the essence of whatever you want your book to portray. So right. if it's lust, it has to breathe and bleed lust. It has to say lust. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be exactly. a naked person on the front of the cover. It doesn't have to be, it could just be a hot stiletto on the cover. It could just be a shoulder. Right. That shoulder is something. You know, when you give a little shoulder, the shoulder is just something. Right. But the way they right. that the graphic artist has the model, and it's just like the aura. Right. Right. That's Right. Well, the the graphic artist, um, shout out to Mario Patterson. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. He's the one who made the cover, and um, he just goes by your vision, the description, then he goes by the synopsis, and then he just takes it from there, and he just, I feel like, captured it perfectly. Like, I couldn't have done it any better myself. <laughs> so. Um, the story is a combination of uh, romance, erotica, and um, paranormal, and I wanted the cover to, you know, to show that, you know, um, it's a, it's a love story, but it's not just focused on just one couple, it's, uh, it's focused on several couples, it's mm-hmm. about uh, eight point of views, eight different characters. Wow. There's a little bit more characters, but it's eight point of views, like the main characters. But the story centers around Charisma and Jacob, you know, and um, mm-hmm. it's, the love story is about them, but it's not your average boy meet girl type of love story. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's um very complex. The characters are complex and not just Charisma and Jacob, everybody around them. You know, mm-hmm. uh Charisma's sister, Charisma's best friend Jusqueen, who's actually connected to Jacob. Then you have Jacob's god brother Ralph. You know, um when when I write a story when I mm-hmm. when I Okay, when I write a story 
Okay. When I write a story, I want to make it as realistic as possible, you know, so right. everybody is that they're going to always have like, you know, friends around them, whether it's like a best friend, sister, uh, a cousin, a god brother, brother. Mm-hmm. Hello. To make it on more. We're here. Oh, so, uh, I, yeah, can you hear me? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, um, so uh, basically everybody around them, their circle, are going to have, you know, uh, relationship issues. So that's why I decided to make it, you know, um, eight point of views because each character um, brings something to the story that uh, defines the title, Who's the Best? Because it's not just, it's a love story, but it's several love stories. It's about uh, relationship struggles. Um, personal struggles. It's about personal struggles. It's not just mm-hmm. like regular love stories. It's about. Uh, I, I feel like everybody uh, should be able to relate to at least one of the characters, if mm-hmm. not two, maybe three. But we all, we as women, I think women would uh, will relate. You know, charisma. She's the main character. The story starts out with her. And she suffers from, um, at first, Charisma appears the typical, she's the sexy, gorgeous vixen, you know, who's uh, all about sex. She wants the gorgeous guy with the nice body, with the riches, you know. But in as the, I, I start the story with a sex scene, <laughs> but mm-hmm. before the sex, before the sex now, scene, we talk about now. To, now, what we talk about the sex scene now. <laughs> We told y'all. We we talked about this last time. If it's gonna be nasty, let it be nasty. If <laughs> right. not, Starbucks and coffee. Well, you know, in the past, I used <laughs> usually in the past, I've I've had problems where I really didn't um never really cared to read a story with a sex scene. I wanted to. I always wanted to get to know the characters first. Um, mm-hmm. you know, before like boom, you're hitting me off with a sex scene. But the funny thing about uh, in erotica, most erotica books starts out with sex scenes. But and that's the thing, I was never a fan, a, a big fan of eroticas because of that simple fact. It's like sex, sex, sex. You know, I mean, I I read a lot of Zane books in the past, but I always, you know, like the erotica with a plot. You know, so mm. I always said if I wrote one, I'm going to make it, you know, with substance, not just like, you know, sex, 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 you know, throughout the whole book. So it started out with a sex scene, but it didn't, and then I wrote the book. This book is in first person. And, you know, it, because of so many characters and I really want it, um, I struggle with first person. You know, I'm really like mm-hmm. a third person type of writer. I wrote really? um you guys remember my last series, My Brother's Wife? That was, mm-hmm. you know, done in third person. So this is my first this is my first story in first person. Actually, you no, know, I did a short story in two thousand sixteen and that was in first person and that was struggle and I read that I was I read that story as I was working on this book just to sh- see how much that I grown as a writer. You know, and I really see the difference. Like, I feel like, you know, I and you could, you'll see the difference. Like, if you read that short story and then you read this book, Who's the Best, you'll see how, uh, you know, 
how you'll see that that I be, that I became multiple writing in, in mm-hmm. first person. Like you see it, you see the difference. At least I think so. You know, absolutely. Um, and then plus, and plus, it's a different type of book. You know, uh, mm-hmm. that short story was called Forbidden Love. Um, so, you know, uh, Forbidden Love. Um, I think it was Unforbidden Love, Forbidden Heart. And it was a cutesy Valentine type of thing. It was a cute, you know, um, mm-hmm. little, you know, Valentine romantic type of comedy, whatever. So uh, Who's the Best is completely different. It's grown folks type of stuff <laughs> going right. on okay. in this book. And uh, <laughs> it's a very, um, it's, it's um, categorizing it under erotica, not just because of the sex scenes, but because of the issues that each character goes through individually and they're they're young, they're attractive, mm-hmm. they're career minded individuals and they're very sexual. They're all in their twenties and so you already mm-hmm. know <laughs> you know, when you're in your twenties and but you know, they but they each have a story to tell, you know, so and but they're very sexual, you know, um, so the tone is sexual. Mm-hmm. But uh it's also under paranormal because there's a little bit of paranormal in there. You have one of the characters, uh, I don't want to tell the complete story, but one of the characters, you know, one of her struggles is she suffers, she struggles with her bi- bisexuality. And, um, you know, the man in her life was her, is her deceased boyfriend who's, you know, she just can't seem to let him go, even though it's eight years later. You know, Absolutely. and she struggles with that. And she just never, even though she, you know, claims herself as a bisexual, she just never been with another man after he passed away because that's how much of an impact he had on her life. And it's because of him she actually turned back to women. You know, he was actually like her second love. Her first love was when she was 15, you know, but then she mm-hmm. meets him. And she just loved him. He just had this huge effect on her that she just, like, you know, um, was no longer attracted to women. After he passed away, she found herself back to attracting, you know, being attracted to women. Um, but that's because, you know, she's uh, she's holding on to, you know. So the paranormal comes in. And I, I just did, you know, it was hard for me. But I, I decided to take it there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like you know, she's you know she's hooking a, a ghost, and I I I've known a few people sometimes when they lose somebody that they really love, they just have a tough time letting go, and you know, and I mm. remember I have um, a cousin of mine who's she she test read the story only because you know because you know uh, the story has a lot of uh, French dialogue in it, and she mm-hmm. edited the French part for me. So as she was reading the story, she was like, is that realistic? You know, um, I said, yeah. I mean, I know a few people. I mean, if you really love somebody, um, you're gonna, it's going to be eight years later, and you're going to have a tough time. I mean, real unrealistic would be if she never had sex in the eight years. Like, she just loved him so much that she refused to have sex. That's unrealistic. You know, you still could have somebody in your heart, but you're going to go on with your life. You you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. if I had her, like, completely celibate for eight years, like, at least, like, from my experience, from what, I mean, as far as, like, people, you know, that I know. I don't mm-hmm. know anybody who's been, like, so 
devastated over somebody's death that they just decided to go celibate for eight years. But then right. again, I do have a <laughs> so I you know I just try to make each character as realistic as possible, and then I you know based it on some of my reality and you know people around me and. So each character is, you know, and then there's some taboo subjects in there. Um, the other paranormal is Jacob. Jacob has special abilities. He's not your average. Uh, Jacob is very complex, you know, um, but he's not your regular, you know, drop-dead gorgeous type, you know, he, and that's one of his complexity is his looks. He's not gorgeous. He's not easy on the eye, but uh, his confidence, um, his uh, his ego, his confidence in himself is makes him sexy, you know. And mm-hmm. I, uh, boy, <laughs> you know, you ever had a guy who wasn't that good looking, but he's so confident mm-hmm. in himself, like you know, like you know, he knows mm-hmm. he's not good looking, but you're you're gonna love him anyway. Like he's gonna make sure you love him, you know. And mm-hmm. so that's 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 Jacob. <laughs> Now I wanna I wanna take you back a little bit because you know everybody knows it's writing season for me. I started um, trying to finish up my book that'll be coming out later this year. I want to go back into oh, the first because okay. I actually enjoy writing first person. I think that mm-hmm. when you're I'm gonna go back as a reader. As a reader, I fell mm-hmm. in love with someone else's words, their thoughts that they put mm-hmm. on paper, and I okay. think that. With first person, I think that the author is allowed to put sass, and they're allowed right. to put uh, add character and spice um, mm-hmm. if it's done the right way. So I get what you're saying, though, because sometimes people just talk in first person, but they don't add any um, attitude to it. They don't add anything extra, so it kind of just seems like they're just rambling off some sentences. So what is it about third person that draws you in? Um, Well, I think, well, my, the most difficult part with first person was to make uh, each character sound different. Um, I read a lot of books in first person where all the characters sound the same. They're saying the same thing. They have the same tone, the same voice. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's like the hardest part and I struggle with that because my brother's life I tried writing it in first person and Mm -hmm. it it just it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't working I had Mm -hmm. everybody sounding the same you know all the uh, females were sounding the same I said okay this isn't working so I switched to third person and that's what's easy third person with me with third person I'm using my voice. Um, you're only using one voice, which is the author's. You know, and um, mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it easy for me. With third person, you're you're when you're narrating, you're using you the author. You're the author, so you're using your voice. But what I did with my brother's life is, I kind of like when I'm when I was writing a scene. Even though I'm using my voice, I um <clears throat> I would put some certain things in there that the character itself would say, you know, mm-hmm. and um 
and it flowed. It flowed. I, you know, I felt like it flowed. And um, and but that's the thing with third person, you could play around with it. You know, mm-hmm. and um, that's why I find it easy. So, but with the first person, right? Go ahead. <laughs> with with first person, making it making each character sound different is uh. Kind of with this book, who's the best? I, um, what I did was to help me to make them sound different. Is when I introduce each character, I um, I give them, I take like a a line, and what like as they're talking to you, I take a line in um, from from their uh dialogue per se. And I put it as the intro, introductory title. Like, for instance, um, uh, when I introduced Charisma, um, her title is, it's like a sort of like a subtitle. Um, uh, God, what's that subtitle? I'm trying to think. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, it's, oh, nothing, nothing is half bad if it, uh, if it feels good. And so it just gives you a tone as she's explaining herself. So when she when when her scene is a sexual scene between her and her current beau in her life, Michael, but uh it's gonna it's gonna switch. Um, it's gonna introduce so I'm introducing the current man in her life, but then I introduce to you the complex relationship that she has with her friend Jocelyn. And basically when she says Nothing is half bad if it feels good. She's talking about the fact that we not supposed to tell talk- them. They well, no. <laughs> you don't get. Well, you should. We talked about this. Well, 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 well I mean, the good stuff well, in the book. That's when you say the song. You're you right. Got, you got to sense that. I'm gonna need you to head on out to Amazon and pick mm-hmm. that up. See, that's what you dropped that right there with that. Because then you don't want right, to give right. too much yeah, away. No, you're right. I was about to give it away, but um, no, I was trying to. I was trying to send them over to Amazon I'm glad so that they can purchase it. No, yeah. <laughs> we love it. Yeah, now I was, just, I was just trying to explain like what works for me, like yeah, for each character. Yeah, no, you're about to get to well, you're right. You're right. You're about to get to Tia. You're about yeah. to get to Tia. We love yeah, you. Yeah, I always, I always. Come on, let's chat because we always have a good time. Now you know. Right. T always has a fun <laughs> question, so I hope you know you your pearls. I don't know that you clutch them, just uh, left them left them behind because you know ain't no telling what she gonna ask you. <laughs> Oh, All right. Once I again, take Mona, that as a no. Right. <laughs> well, Mona, you're going to get ready to spill some tea because I'm going to go paranormal. Now, I want to take you to the, your new book, which is coming out, Who's the Boss? So you guys look for it on January 31st. But I want you to in, yeah. insert a little prop and a little mini <laughs> scene, a very short scene, and I want you <laughs> to give it to Charisma and Jacob. But that little prop that you're going to turn into a little paranormal is a bunch of green grapes. Can you give us a little something in certain that? So you want me to give you like a little verbal uh, of a scene yeah, from a, the book? No, just create something. We just want to hear your creative oh, flowing. <laughs> okay, so you want me to talk as the characters? <laughs> you want me to well, talk want- as the characters? 
However you can you want to play it. You can it, write the scene. However you want to play right, it. Out. Um. All right. Let me think. Um. Okay. So okay. Jacob and um, Charisma. Um. What are you doing to me? I'm trying to understand what you're doing to me. And um, so Jacob says, um, what we're feeling for each other is that uh, chemistry love, that orgasmic, orgasmic, you know, uh, ish. <laughs> I don't want to curse mm-hmm. on here. Um, so, but it's actually, it's actually a real, it's like, um, what we're feeling, what, what we're feeling for each other is that chemistry love, that orgasmic ish. I know you feel it in your heart. I know you feel it in your soul. I know you feel it in between your legs. I know you feel me in your dreams. Oh. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what else you're Well, damn. You know? All right. Oh, all right so now. That's, so is so the <laughs> um she's going to have a tough time because she doesn't know what's happening to her, that um why he has such an effect on her that, you know, no other man ever had on her. And um, they're – Chemistry is real, but it's unusual. Took him by surprise too, and you know, but he's very complex. But she's complex too. See what to see what her is not what you're gonna get. You know, when when I introduce her, she comes off real vain, shallow. But there's more to her. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, we and, well, um, we look forward to reading it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. I'm excited. You know, it took me. I, you know, I work hard on this book. I took a whole year because the last time I spoke to you guys, it was scheduled to come out, and then you know something just happened, and I just, I just didn't feel good about it. So um, then I went to you know complications, you know, with the public, you know, so I just decided to just go on my separate ways. So you know, after a whole year of working on it, I just you know. It's finally ready, and I work real hard. Mm-hmm. It's over a hundred thousand words. I took my time, and it's very different from my brother's wife. And you know, I worked hard on it. And then I, I spent all of 2017 and not release anything because I was concentrating on that story. But I also have other stories lined up. That um, mm-hmm. matter of fact, the whole crew of my brother's wife are coming back. Um, well, we're gonna have, have to get a, you on talking about right. those upcoming projects. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait for that. That's how we connect. And I also have Travis, friend to the short, friend to the show, Travis Cure, who is gonna be in the chat room right. next month. Him and the whole uh, Lux team and the men of the house are gonna be in really? here with the fabulous Christy Lux. So we're excited. Uh-huh. Oh, now, when are they coming? I want to call. I want to call and listen. I will, I will, I'm actually I'm trying to get it. Travis back. <laughs> I just reached out to Chris and I thought I'm trying to get uh, Travis for uh, the the new cover for, uh, like I said, you know, my the whole crew is coming back in two new books. And um, I'm trying to get Travis again, you know. All right. Well, that's going to be a nice cover, y'all. If I don't know who Travis sure. Cure is, y'all better go check him out, The Cure, uh, right. on, on their uh, social media. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's nice. Right. He's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we appreciate you yeah, coming yeah. with us in the chat room. You know you are always you. welcome. Always welcome. We want you to shout out all your social media before you head out of the chat room. 
Okay, I well, you can find me um my personal page is uh Mona Outdoor and then I have um Awesome Mona and then there's Mona Prisons Publication. I also have two reading groups, Talks of the Heart, Book Club and Mona's Chosen. And then I'm also available on IG Mo Love GA and I'm available on Twitter which is Mona Outdoor. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again for joining us. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. So, so yeah, so the book, um, the January 31st, you know, hopefully Amazon will love me that day and, you know, <laughs> release it on time. That's right, Amazon. You're going to love her on that day. You be tripping so don't need that on the 31st. We appreciate Absolutely. you coming. With us in the chat room. You have a great night. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you, Mona. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, have Mona. a good night. You're welcome. All right. Bye. It's always a joy oh. whenever she's in the chat room. Mm-hmm. It really is. And she worked hard on that. So we're hoping that you guys look for her book. That will be dropping on January 31st, provided Amazon is loving her that day. <laughs> I like that, providing Amazon loving me that day. Amazon be hating. They be hating, that's all. <laughs> that's it, that's it. You're listening to Let's Chat. My name is Tony. We have been having a phenomenal show with my wonderful, fantastic co-host, the one and only Miss Leisha. And if you missed any of the show, as Leisha says, no worries. You just head on over to iTunes or blogtalk.com and check out those archives because we started out with a bang, and what we're trending today is posted on Alicia's page. So make sure you head on over there. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that topic because people are going in. Yes. Shout out to Nika Michelle. Shout out to Hood Chronicles. They are definitely chiming in. It is going down mm-hmm. here on Facebook. Shout out to y'all. I didn't think it was going to get that deep, but, I mean, they is all in. Shout out to Danielle Bigsby. She came through, dropped the mic, and walked out. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. We appreciate y'all. Shout out to my author, Fabulous Malachi Taylor. Make sure y'all go out and get that bloodstone. He came in and uh, dropped a few ones and twos in the fabulous Tasha DeMay. Make sure y'all trend with us. We got our next fabulous guest coming to kick it with us here in the chat room, author Darlice Bachelor. Now, we met her last year, and it was a joy when we did our mini interview with her. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi. Can you hear me? Hey. Yes, we can. Welcome to the chat room, girl. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, for all of those that don't know who you are, tell everybody a little bit about your work and the passion behind your pen. Well, um, I first started writing probably about 10 or 15 years ago. Um, I really never saw myself as a writer up until that point. I saw myself as a reader, I mean a very voracious reader. But I had... um, I felt like I was called to write, and so I just began to write what, you know, what I heard and what I saw and what I thought um, I should be writing, and um, so it took me 10 years to write my first book, which is called Secrets, and um, so I've been writing ever since. I just released, well, it's been maybe about nine months ago, I released my fourth book, which is called The Make-Believe Wise, 
And um, I'm really, really proud of that book. I think it's my best book to date. And um, that's what uh, that's what I've been up to. Mm. Well, wow, this is Tony, Dolly. Thanks again for joining us. Now, you said it took you 10 years to write your first book. And you know what? I'm going to tell you why it took 10 years. Um, there was some fear. You know, this was mm-hmm. my book, and I think I was afraid, and I thought, you know, what am I going to do with it even once I do finish it? Um, there was long periods of time that I didn't write. You know, there was a lot of things going on, you know. Um, my my son went through about with cancer, and my husband had cardiac issues. I mean, there were just a lot of things that happened during that time that kind mm-hmm. of you from writing continuously. But, you know, I kept on pushing, and even though, you know, it took me a long time, I finally did get to the finish line. So that's probably the reason why it took so long for me to write that book, mm-hmm. and I don't think there will be any other books that will take that long, hopefully, for me to write again. Mm-hmm. Now, were you ever discouraged in that in that long span of time to even think about publishing a book? Was it like kind of you was holding it close to the to the breast? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There were, a couple, there were a number of times when I just said, you know what, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Why do I keep mm-hmm. um, trying to make this happen? And then, yeah, there are those times, you know, even now when I release a book, I, it's a little kind of a scary time for me because, you know, right. releasing a book is like releasing a baby. You know, it's mm-hmm. very close to you. It's very personal to you as the person who's created it. But something that I've learned is that you have to kind of, separate the creator of the book from the book itself, from the creation, because, you know, there are going to be people that don't like certain aspects of it. There are going to be people that don't like it, period. There are people that just, you know, what you what you're, um, have to offer is just not their cup of tea, but that doesn't mean that mm-hmm. they don't like you. And so I had to kind of learn that over time so that I wouldn't be so hesitant to you know, release the book. And and mm-hmm. so that's some, that's an area that I've grown in quite a bit since I first started. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. And, and, and you say you just released your fourth book. Can you pinpoint where your growth was or how you grew in order to even be able to say I've published four books? Well, the people wouldn't stop talking to me. <laughs> You know, oh. I of course, and um, you know, once once it seems like once they start talking to you, it's like you have to, you kind of have to mm-hmm. pin their stories. You have to say the things that they that they're wanting you know you to say. You have to do it. It's almost like I I mentioned in another interview that I did that it's almost like a compulsion. Is is I don't want to say that it's a bad thing. But it's like I'm compelled, you know, I have to. Otherwise, they just won't leave me alone. But, see, I, I have grown in the, in the, from the, um, the editing process. Um, I noticed that my writing has changed a lot since, um, since I started out because, you know, different editors point out different things in your writing that help you to see where you need to grow and the areas that you need to improve and things that you need to learn and and that kind of thing. So I've grown in those areas as well. Now, that's tough, too, because an editor, they're not people who necessarily know you or who, um, how can I say this, 
um, their 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 job is to point out the things that you need to do that that need to be changed, the things that need that aren't quite right in your manuscript. And sometimes that that can be painful, depending on how the editor um, you know approaches it. But you know mm-hmm. it's all for you know the growth of the author. I think, and if you're going to keep doing it, if you're going to continue to write, you have to grow. You have you just have to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so true, um, Dolly, because I myself am, am an editor as well, and, and, and you hit it on the point when you said to help the author grow. But one of my goals also that I love to input on my clients is to, sh- to, to expound on their strengths, to let them know you nailed it, you hit it out the park. You know, and sometimes that, that little bit of an encouragement kind of makes you also see your writing and your pen a little differently. But Absolutely. as opposed to, in addition to the editing, you know, you've had your feet wet with these four books that you now can can add to your 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 arsenal. What has been the, the most difficult thing that you've come across in this journey? Um, well, for me, it it is it is the fear of being vulnerable, releasing a book, and you know. You're kind of sweating every time you see that you have a review, and you just don't know, you know, what that review is, was good or bad. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so, um, I don't know. The question just left my head just that quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I just was wondering about the difficulties that you've encountered in in your literary journey. Um, one of the really big problems that I've encountered is is the whole promotion piece. You know, I really mm-hmm. am a person who is an introvert, and it's it's I'm okay I, as long as I have food in the house and I'm warm and you know I'm comfortable and that kind of thing. I mm-hmm. can just stay in the house. I this the whole promotion piece just takes me out of my comfort zone, and mm-hmm. you know as a result, I've had to kind of you know come out of that you know and learn mm-hmm. a little bit about doing that so that you know you know. It's just not the books are not just for me, just for me to create and you know just to say that I have that I've written them, but they're for other people so that they can enjoy them, but they can't enjoy them right. or whatever they're supposed to get out of them if I hold them and don't let people know they're available. So right. that is one of the really difficult things that I'm still trying to learn, um, and mm-hmm. I think that's common among a lot of authors. You know, just the whole promotion piece, trying to get out there. We're all you know, trying to, we're fighting for the same group of readers, and, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just so many authors out there, so many new authors out there, and it's just, you know, just trying to get noticed is a little difficult, but, you know, I'm working Mm -hmm. on it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the first thing, too, is is to be aware of it, that you need to work on it, so that's, that's a big move in and of itself. Well, thank you, thank you. I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now tell us a little bit about this new book that you have. The Make Believe Wise. Um, I'm not really sure where this book idea came from, but um, I, it, it's it's uh, it's a book about uh, a couple, and um, they they got married really early. The young the young woman in the in the marriage she got. She went from graduation gown to marriage gown, you know, bridal gown in the same summer. 
And so she got married really early. She really didn't have an opportunity to, you know, to to learn about herself and really to, you know, you know, just those things that we kind of do when we're, you know, in our, you know, late, you know, we're 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, those kind of things where you kind of get to know yourself. She didn't get to do that. And, you know, mm-hmm. her husband was a little is a little older than her. Um, just by a couple of years or so, and they had children right away. And she just finally realizes that, number one, you know, she really doesn't know herself, and she really wants the opportunity to get to know herself. And number Mm -hmm. two, she's overwhelmed. She's got three children, a big house, a full-time job, a husband, and, you know, he he's not he, – he loves her, but he just doesn't understand that she, what her needs are in that respect. He doesn't understand that she needs help with the house and the kids and all of that. And so she mm-hmm. asked him if he will allow her some time away to try to, you know, find herself. And mm-hmm. I don't want to give away too much, but let's just say she does get some time away, not quite in the way she expects. And while she is away – the woman who is has been babysitting the children um, for her, you know for their you know since they were born, you know she kind of fills in the gap for her in more oh. than one way, and oh. she ends up she ends up yeah she finds herself in a position that she doesn't quite expect herself to, and mm-hmm. um, when uh, the main character's name is Janae, the wife's name is Janae, she comes back and she finds somebody else in her place. And then drama ensues. So Ooh. it's really uh, kind of what the story is about. You know, there's, you know, she got married early. She's overwhelmed. There's a little temptation there between the babysitter and the husband because he's lonely and he doesn't know where his wife is and, you know, is she coming back? And so this is that's the crux of what this story is about. It's, I usually write, say I write Christian fiction, and I do. But this one leans mm-hmm. a little bit more towards women's fiction because of mm-hmm. the strong female characters that are in the book. Mm. I think you piqued a lot of interest when you just gave <laughs> that little bombshell. Because <laughs> I'm already over here looking. I'm like, wait a minute, the baby. <laughs> do get 
something out of what I write. You know, sometimes I think, you know, nobody's going to get anything out of it except entertainment. But I've come to realize just in getting feedback from readers that people really do get something useful out of it besides entertainment. And, you know, being entertaining in terms of your book, is, is that's okay. But I really kind of write with a deeper purpose, and I want some. I want people to get something out of it. So when I knowing that get something out of it is something that keeps me keep keeps me moving forward, and that's kind of it's kind of my passion, you know, just to you know for people to to see something, you know, maybe they'll they'll find themselves in the story. I've had that happen. People will, you know, say, I didn't know you. Did I tell you about that about myself? Did I tell you that I went through that situation? And no, I no, you didn't tell me. But just knowing that I hit on something that you know someone really did have happen to them, you know, it's it's just it's awesome. It's awesome and it's encouraging and it does keep me moving forward. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. I love it. Well, you know, here mm-hmm. in the chat room, we ask that we like to have a little fun. Okay. So before we do that, we got this trend of <laughs> Facebook topic. And so we really want to get, um, it's been, uh, it started small and it's, it's been all, went all around the world. I'm just telling you, it's been um, so many different people chiming in. So it was, um, some, the, the topic is, some men think all women are and should be inferior, so they go out looking for weak women. Do you think that's a true statement? I think in some cases. I think that that would be a true statement in some cases. But if they think that they are inferior women, that means that they know that there are some women who are not inferior. Mm. 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 That's a new point. So I so think is it more like a fear factor? I think it's probably maybe a little bit more of intimidation, you know. I guess that's a form of mm-hmm. fear that they would mm-hmm. look for someone who they can control and they can dominate. Um, but yeah, I do. I, I I think that's true in some cases that that there are people, and you know, it's just not men, but there are men who do look for that kind of a woman so that they whatever it is they want want to get from them sometimes you know maybe it is just maybe they they want to control them so that they can take their checks their money maybe they want to control them because there is something sexual they want from them but yes i do think it happens and it happens probably more often than we know hmm good perspective very interesting we're loving all these different feedback I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I said that's something so different. Like that perspective, Absolutely. Now, always T always has a fun. She always has a fun um, activity for us. I say activity because it's done from um, a question, which you know it used to be a question. Now it's just plain old activity, and. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you have pearls, you know, I would say clutch them now, you know, okay. because um, that, that that helps you be secure. And whatever it is that she's going to ask you, um, so go ahead, see. 
All right, Miss Dolly. Once again, thank you so much for joining me tonight, tonight, sharing some of your precious time. But I'm going to dive into the make-believe wise because you got me all spellbound over here. I'm going to take your lead character, Miss Janae. Mm-hmm. And before she makes it back to Evan and finds out that she's been um, replaced, she's taking an Uber ride there, and her Uber driver is a tall chocolate glass of milk. Uh-huh. Give us a little bit of a little scene with the two of them before she enters back into Evan's world. <laughs> okay. Janae gets into the Uber and she notices that her driver is a tall, chocolate, dark skinned man with a bald head and a diamond mm-hmm. diamond stud in his ear. She's been away from her husband for a number of weeks. And she can't wait to get back to him, but she can't keep her eyes off of the driver. So she has to decide quickly whether she should take a chance on this tall, dark, and handsome man or if she should stop and just wait until she gets home to her husband. When she gets home and finds the babysitter's car in the driveway, she says, you know what, I should have taken the time to at least test out the tall, dark, chocolate man who drove me back to my home. Girl, you nailed it. (laughs) Lisa, you better play at that little thing. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Okay, all right now. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. social media, any projects, any events you have coming up, and where your books can be purchased. Okay, my books can be purchased, and you can find out more information about me at www.darlessbachelor.com. My Facebook page, my author page is facebook.com slash books by Darless. My personal page is Darless Bachelor. I'm still feeling that soft chocolate glass of milk. Thank you so much for my snack tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. We appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room. You know, also, oh well, you are always, always welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining us. You have a great evening. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. Okay. Good night. Oh, that was fun. nailed it, girl. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Yes, it was. So this is the end. We will see y'all tomorrow. We will have Reese World Publishing taking over the chat room. So all the authors of Reese World will be in the chat room coming to kick it with us, talk about projects, writing, and anything else we want to talk about. Ain't no telling. (laughs) But we appreciate you guys. (laughs) Thank you. We're going to hit you with some of this 
J.K. Mari. If you're just tuning in and you've missed any of our interviews, no worries. Just go back and hit our archives here on blogtalk.com or on iTunes. That's right. Let's Chat is a podcast. Have a great night. What you doing? Nothing. I just got home from work like a while ago. So, yeah. Used to busy getting high and making music. You didn't have no time for little me. Something about you, so hard to describe I find myself sometimes getting lost in your eyes Keep blushing, I'll tell you that you mesmerize Been studying that body, got every inch memorized I hate to call you cute, cause you already know that I approach you differently, I ain't like most cats They say that this is make the heart grow fonder Heart grow fonder the farther that you are, the closer you are to my heart. Why do I feel so far? Why do I have to Can I love you forever? Wake you up with kisses. Can I love you forever? Can I love you forever? Better for worse. Worse for better. Can I love you forever? Can I love you forever? Can I love you forever? Couple of things gotta get on my chest After that nigga, you said I was next Three in the morning, I sent you a text Four in the morning, ain't hit me back yet Five in the morning, I see you on snap with your nigga You told me you gave it a rest No, I'm not hating, I just want the best No, I'm not saving, I just want the next I don't know where we gon' go with this shit It's not forever, I'm over this shit I put my heart and my soul in this shit So how am I supposed to let go of this shit? Mentally, can't go back and delete history I always thought it was meant to be Once it, I told you so I'ma just tell you though That nigga know that you cannot get rid of me He got a cage, you I get you Tiffany's We go to Rucus and he buy you Make it these typically He order shit on the dollar menu Why you still with him We won't get into Very peculiar and simple It's very familiar Lush all these master bedroom Still ask you, he get more head than cancer Got your baby mother rolling back Can I love you forever? Can I love you forever? Wake you up with kisses Can I love you forever? Can I love you forever? Better for work Words will feel better. Can I love you forever? Can I love you forever? Can I love you forever?